Let us begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome to another edition of Seeds of Truth. This is your host, Joho Craft, coming to you from KKXX Studios, Chico Life Radio, 104.5 FM and AM 930. It is great to be with you on another Wednesday evening, where we are set to reflect upon another movie. Uh, it is Wednesday evening, so I have Father Mike Ritter with me, not in studio, but once again, he's still on a kind of sort of quasi-vacation, <laughs> so I have him over the phone in our, in our pregame huddle. He was just sharing with me all the work he's doing on his quote-unquote vacation, so... Um, and here I have him on the phone to do more work with me. <laughs> Father Mike, great to have you with me another evening. No, it's good to be with you, Joe, and it's, it's never work. It's always fun. Uh, that's good to hear because I hate to be taken away from your, your vacation because typically you are a very busy man. Now, Father Mike, uh, this evening, as always, I'm excited to talk about another movie. We are set to talk about The Pursuit of Happiness. But before we get into The Pursuit of Happiness, I wanted to follow up with something... Uh, you and I talked about a couple weeks ago, and that is uh, this topic of movies portraying true stories. Now, what was it, three weeks ago, Father Mike, we left with the question uh, to the listening audience, why is it so important for you to know that a movie is based on a true story or something about a movie is based upon actual events? That was more or less the question, correct? Right, I remember that, and I've been kind of anxious to hear uh, what kind of feedback we were going to get from that. Yeah, so here are a couple of responses, Father Mike, and I think this kind of props up our discussion for this evening, really. uh, We have Shelley from Toronto say, Connecting with someone else's struggle helps me with my own. When I think about a movie like The Impossible... I am reminded of what is possible in my own life. Thank you for this podcast. You know, when I first read that, Father Mike, I thought to myself, okay, that's um, a pretty straightforward response. But within that straightforward response, there is something very, very important. When I think about movies like The Impossible, I'm reminded of what is possible in my own life. Uh, Why does she feel that way? Because, well, she said it. She can connect with someone else's struggles. Because it was real, because the movie The Impossible was based on actual events, and someone actually overcame all of those challenges, all of those obstacles, she's now looking at her own life, Shelley from Toronto, and saying, you want to know what? Maybe (laughs) what I thought to be so impossible isn't so impossible, but actually possible in God. Yeah, that's cool. Here, uh, in another response, we have uh, Jonathan from Albany, New York. He says... When a story is true, it brings to life the tension of the ego drama and theodrama of everyone's life. I like that. The movie, The Impossible, reminded me that with God, all things are possible, and when I turn to God, I can do great things. I I love it. Here, Jonathan is really picking up on our language, right? The tension of the ego drama and theodrama of everyone's life. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I don't know if we've used that word within that context. The tension of the ego drama and the theodrama. Really, it sounds like he's talking about uh, the tension to to overcome one's ego. That's really what it is. It's a tension. And uh, clearly, the movie The Impossible was like Shelley in encouragement. 
if nothing else, to overcome obstacles and, and challenges in the case of Jonathan uh, for himself. I don't know, Father Mike, if you have any uh, reaction to those two responses. Well, I think that uh, especially that second one, that just it's uh, as, as you say, it definitely uh, puts it in the within the framework of what we've been talking about. We should uh, get this person on air with us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. So Shelley from Toronto and uh, Jonathan from Albany, thank you, Albany, thank you for responding. Before we jump into this movie, Father Mike, maybe we should say something about our general thirst for happiness. As I was watching this movie again yesterday, I was thinking to myself, you know, before I watch this movie, I need to reflect upon my thirst for happiness. You know, as humans, we spend, I would argue, the better part of our lives seeking happiness. You know, we search for it in pretty much everything that we do. We seek it in relationships. We seek it in jobs. We seek it in in the movies we watch in Netflix. We seek it with our pets, games, sports, shopping, all of it. While many of those temporary things can bring us happiness, it will never satisfy. And this was my point of departure, my own reflection. Before long, we are done and ready for something else, something new. Uh, I often go to my relationship with my kids, and, and I am often reminded of this truth as it relates to my children who, who might beg and beg for a particular toy, uh, convincing themselves that, that it will bring them this long-lasting joy. Uh, Yet, as my wife and I have observed on more than one occasion, especially after Christmas, it doesn't take long for, you know, the the newness of um, the toy to wear off and and suddenly something else is catching their eye. This is what is inscribed into our nature. We're constantly longing for that one thing. We get it and then we move on to the next thing, you know? And so there's something going on here and it is not a coincidence that when Jesus is talking about a life of beatitude, he uses the word that speaks to happiness, the Greek word for blessed, makarios, while it literally translates as um, to be in favorable standing with God, Father Mike, it can also mean happiness. So <laughs> Jesus, like he always does, meets us exactly where we are at and walks with us exactly as he is. He says to us, I know the desires of your heart. And the desire of your heart is happiness. And this is the means by which you can attain happiness. Here you go. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God, and so on and so forth, the Beatitudes. So before I even really started to watch this movie, I found myself thinking, okay, is this movie going to address that question? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Um, This is a conversation that I've had uh, with myself and with others uh, a number of times, and and certainly um, uh, the pursuit of happiness. It touches on a very American theme, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, I remember Mm -hmm. I was I was having a conversation with a Benedictine monk, uh, a couple of older priests, and and uh, we were we were catching up after having been uh, you know apart for a number of years, and the priest asked the monk. He says, "Are you happy?" And the monk just started laughing. <laughs> so we're all laughing, and I was like, okay, what's the joke? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he says, you know, I'm just not convinced that this is about happiness. Mm-hmm. And everybody just kind of fell apart in laughter. And and I didn't take that as him saying he was unhappy. And I didn't take that as him suggesting that the pursuit of happiness is not a thing. But more, I took that as um, happiness is maybe not so much a place that you suddenly arrive at and you're there. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and it's kind of what you you uh, are saying. You know, happiness is something that there are these uh, wonderful moments when we're just uh, the, the euphoria, the contentedness of it, and uh, but that but that's something that uh, pops in and out of our life, and it's maybe a taste of the promise, you know, of mm-hmm. God, of, of blessedness, mm. and you know that. Um, so my first thought on happiness is that um, we we have this expectation. I think that. In life, at some point, I'm going to arrive in that place where finally I'm content, I'm at peace, things are as they ought to be, and I can rest in that. But the truth is, life isn't that way. It's uh, it's this uh, tapestry in, in in which there's a weave of you know great joy, the euphoric moments, the contentedness, and also the anguish and the longing and the restlessness. And but that's a that seems to be a package deal. So to me, happiness can't be this sudden contentedness with all things. Yeah, and what's um, in? Go the ahead. Other, the other memory that I have, or, or thought that comes back to me, I, I spent some time in a uh, in a monastery myself, and I remember wrestling with, with that life, uh, a wonderful life in, in many ways. And uh, at nighttime, there was a psalm that I was always praying. Now I don't remember the number of the psalm, but uh, what it says is uh, essentially to God, "My happiness lies in You alone." Hmm. Hmm. And uh, I would I would kneel down at night before going to bed and, and say that prayer help me help me to make these words true in my life to be able to say my happiness lies in you alone mm-hmm. and I keep bringing that refrain back because whenever I try to locate my deeper joy in things that were always going to be passing for me um, contentedness becomes kind of uh, violent mm. and clingy. And, um, you know, relationships become a little bit suspicious. And, and um, so whenever whenever I try to, to root too much happiness in things that are never going to be all that I need, I have, that, that pursuit of happiness becomes kind of a violent pursuit. Mm. Um, so one of the things that, that to me is helpful is always kind of reorienting that pursuit of happiness towards the promise of God and towards the things that are ultimate and whenever I start investing uh, ultimate meaning, whenever I start rooting the search for happiness primarily in things that are never going to be enough for me, then that pursuit becomes uh, exhausting, first of all, yeah, and yeah. Uh, somewhat violent. What I hear you saying there, Father Mike, is the importance of joy. I think you used the word joy two or three times. So often we say happiness is joy or, or joy is happiness, and and I don't know if we can say that because... When you put this within the context of sacred scripture, in the great angelic salutation, in that great first homily, you have, well, what Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI calls the first proclamation of the New Testament, which is joy. That when you go actually to the Greek word itself for joy, that root is the same uh, root to the word grace, you know, charis. So joy and grace are one and the same. And I think when you start to have this conversation about happiness and joy, I always side with, let's, let's talk about joy because that is what is active about God. You talked about not being too content because you get suspicious with your relationships. The grace-filled life, the joy-filled life never gets suspicious. And so I think right. joy hits the target there a little bit, um, and as it should, because it's the first proclamation of the New Testament, right? Anyhow, um, all right, so the movie, The Pursuit of Happiness, Father Mike, interestingly, uh, just by way of some backdrop, this is the first movie that cast Will Smith with his son, Jaden. Uh, many of us 
are aware that Will Smith worked closely with his son as the producer of the reboot for Karate Kid, um, and that he also worked alongside of his son in the not-so-good movie After Earth. <laughs> I'll leave that alone. You weren't a fan, huh? No, no, I wasn't. That was a bad movie. But yeah, this is the first movie that he, he was with his son, Christopher Gardner Jr. So by way of overview, The Pursuit of Happiness, it, it's about this real-life story, right? An actual event of Christopher Gardner, who is a CEO of a stock brokerage firm, Gardner Rich & Company. And before, of course, becoming a multi-millionaire, which he became in real life, Garner had to learn how to be a stockbroker from scratch while overcoming really the challenges of not only fatherhood, but also the great hurdle of homelessness. Really, that's the context for this movie. And something that really struck me here, Father Mike, was how Will Smith's celebrity status convincingly disappears into this humbled, uh, impoverished father figure, especially considering that Will Smith himself has literally been rich and famous for longer than he hasn't been, right? So I believe this speaks to how seriously Will Smith thrust his talent into this Academy Award-nominated role. And everyone that I have spoken with, Father Mike, fell in love with The Pursuit of Happiness. Oh, yeah. And I think uh, not only is it, a, is, a, is it a fantastic story and a true story, but, but you're right. It's just an exceptional acting job and a really uh, a tribute to Will Smith's gifts, you know? Yeah. So we meet Christopher Gardner as a salesman who struggles to sell, but he gets up every morning, a suit and tie, chin up, smile intact, right? Running directly towards a paycheck of what we could even say a paycheck of uncertainty, and here, That's a great way to put it. And here, Father Mike, we should probably pull from the movie itself to give context to the title of the movie. He says, It was right then that I started thinking about Thomas Jefferson on the Declaration of Independence and the part about our right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And I remember thinking, how did he know to put the pursuit part in there? <laughs> that maybe happiness is something that we can only pursue... And maybe we can actually never have it, no matter what. How did Thomas Jefferson know that? <laughs> I, I, I love that line. line. That really is. How did Thomas Jefferson know that? I, I think this brings us back to um, our initial point. You know, when I was reflecting to that word and or phrase, the pursuit of happiness before the movie started, it was about, you know, situating this as a means to an end or an end itself. And I think yeah. what Christopher Garner is speaking to is that, yeah, Thomas Jefferson knew that the pursuit of happiness was, was something else, something more, um, a means yeah. to an end for sure. Yeah, that really is. That really is a great line. You know, we put it, a, you know, in another way, we always speak of it being the journey itself, you know, that constitutes most of what our life is. In one of my favorite scenes, Christopher Garner finally gets an interview for a life-changing stockbroker internship at Dean Witter. This is the job he's pursuing throughout this movie. But he has to go with no dress shirt, right? He has to arrive with splashed paint in his hair and, and on his face and literally smelling like a night in jail because he spent a night in jail. So he sees this opportunity that many folks would reject. And as opposed to make an excuse, what does he do? He doesn't reschedule. He doesn't beg for another appointment. He shows up, and 
as this movie highlights time after time after time, overcoming odds after odds after odds, not only does he show up, but he impresses. Yeah, I mean, one might say he made an impression because of how he appeared and, and what he looked like, but who he was as a person came through much stronger than, than what he looked like or what he was wearing. And, and I'll never forget that scene as he was leaving because there was this sense, Father Mike, that something more is going on with this man. And yeah, I mean, we yeah. know how it ends. And so maybe that's part of how we watch this movie. We kind of see the end in mind there. But uh, nonetheless, you know, when I first watched this movie, I thought to myself, gosh, look at him go. He's not a man who's complaining. He's not a man who's making excuses. He's not a man who's sitting there pointing the finger at someone else. He takes ownership of what is before him time and time again in this movie, and he makes the most of it. Yeah, you know, this is very much a a movie about character, and, and we love that kind of stuff, you know, like... One of the things that's so powerful about about it, about the story, is man, what a, what a wonderful guy, what a noble man, an honest man, a hardworking man. All of these great virtues we see personified in this guy, and uh, that makes the movie very powerful. To take this back to our our theme, you know, human nature reflecting upon itself and needing to kind of see itself on the stage. I think it says a lot about our own values. Um, it says a lot about who we are and who we're trying to be. To go back to our, uh, our the emails we went over in the beginning of, of this program, you know, it gives us hope too, not only that we can be happy or achieve things against great odds, but that we too can actualize in ourselves a great virtue and, and heroism and character like that. Mm. Um, if it's true for uh, Will Smith playing out this role on the stage, that is, you know the the movie set or whatever. Then maybe it's also true for the stage of my life too that I can, I can uh, actualize these great moral characteristics, um, this great virtue. Because to me, this is uh, this is as much a movie about who this man is as it is a movie about overcoming odds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because who the man is is why he overcame the odds. Right? Yep. Yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. he he exactly. did what whatever was necessary. Uh, another striking scene for me, it just comes to my mind now, Father Mike is, um, you know, in those days when he was homeless, he finds himself in the bathroom Mm -hmm. and someone's trying to get in and he's not letting them in because he has no other place to stay. And you just see him with great intensity. I must overcome this moment. I'm not going to let anyone in here right now because if I let someone in here right now, who knows where this will lead. So I'm going to make sure that I'm going to sleep here tonight, and I'm going to make the, the, the most of tomorrow. The man, Christopher Gardner, yeah, well said, Father Mike, is why he overcame so many odds. Another scene that really struck me is when another homeless person stole his uh, bone density scanner, right? This mm-hmm. is what he was selling to try to make the most of his, of his life while he was interning for Dean Witter. And <laughs> speaking of pursuit, he's pursuing him. As I was watching this scene, I was thinking to myself, now, is he pursuing happiness or is he pursuing something that was necessary for him to achieve what in his mind was happiness beyond the bone density scanner? Right? <laughs> so yeah. there's this pursuit, but I thought it was very um, symbolic of the much deeper truth 
in this movie as we have already spoken to it. He wasn't pursuing yeah. an end in the bone density scanner. That was just a means to an end. And this yeah. is what uh, Christopher Gardner was after, to achieve the heights of what it means to be human, but at the same time, understanding that as I achieve those heights, I do so as a father and as one who can provide for uh, my son. Well, you know, that's kind of neat what you did there. That, that scene really is kind of in dramatic form, uh, an exposition of the larger, the larger theme of pursuing happiness. It's kind of cool. You know, for me, one of the things that I, I can't get away from in my mind uh, as we talk about it and as I watch the movie is just um, th- this movie challenges us to look at homelessness and the homeless mm. with a different set of eyes. Yes, yes. Um, and again, to, uh, you know, human nature reflecting on itself, um, trying to see the, the person, the drama, the desire, and the capacity for, for happiness and whatever, in the people that we so often uh, pass by in the street who become uh, somehow subhuman, not in the sense that, uh, you know, we believe that they don't have dignity or not so much in the sense that, you know, we would say that they're subhuman, but in the sense that uh, we're totally unaware of the plight of the person, the history, where they're going, relationships they do or don't have or long for. Mm. Um, We don't engage with them, uh, sadly, and in the same way that we might um, engage with somebody that we bump into at work or wherever. Mm. So I I do think that this challenges us to uh, try to see the human drama that's unfolding uh, in the so many homeless people that that we come across, and and truth be told, we just ignore. Mm. Mm. Uh, Not because, maybe not out of selfishness, maybe uh, more than anything out of discomfort, and uh, one of the things that I've been thinking of in my life, and you know, this comes up too in, in the parish sometimes. People will say, you know, I want to help the the homeless. I'm not really sure how. And I think a, a first step for us is to allow ourselves to stand inside of that discomfort, mm-hmm. uh, because some, uh, at least in that, there's some solidarity there. You're uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable. Yes. Yes. You know, and and uh, not running away from that, I think, is an important first step. Uh, towards figuring out how to uh, be present in, in a human way and with compassion and in a way that might actually be helpful. But, th- but this movie challenges me mm. um, to try to maybe uh, get into contact with the, the story that's unfolding in the lives of, gosh, uh, especially in a place like Chico where we have so many homeless mm. people. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I have talked um, about that a great deal here on the radio yeah, program. Yeah, so I do feel um, on some level challenged by this movie. Amen. Amen. Well, you've asked the question before, Father Mike, and it's a great question. It's, it's probably the one thing among many things that you've said that has really stayed with me, and that's um, when we see a homeless person, we have to ask the question, who are you to me? Mm-hmm. You know, you, you shared that some months ago, and you've brought it up on more than one occasion. I just love that question, who are you to me? You know, one of the things that this movie draws out, Father Mike, is that once we step into the shoes of another, we soon realize that equal dignity also means that there is this equal potential, that God can do as many great things inside of me as he can in this homeless person. There's this tendency to say, yeah, we are equal, but maybe in our ego drama, okay, maybe in our ego drama, we think to ourselves, not out loud, but to ourselves, you probably can't do this or that. 
When in reality, what this movie highlights is the homeless person, if they are mentally able and they have the wherewithal, yeah, they can achieve as much as we can, if not more. And here you have, you know, this figure, Christopher Gardner, I said it off the top, he is now a multi-millionaire, not because someone gave him multi-million dollars, because he worked for it, right? He had to beat out many, many other interns. And as the movie highlights, he didn't have nine hours to do it a day, he had six hours (laughs) to do it a day. But he utilized his time with with great tenacity, Um, he embraced uh, what God was calling him to, and in my favorite scene... In the whole movie, it's, man, I was just welling up in tears. He finds out he got the job, and he goes down. Just talking about it gets me emotional. He goes down to the, to the bottom of the tower. He goes outside, and he just gives this big fist bump. He's just fired up. And there was something, I think, inside of every viewer of this movie that um, kind of went, yes, yes, with him. You know, because yeah. inside of us, we've had to overcome odds, and, and maybe... By him doing that, by him getting the job, he was inspiring us to, <laughs> to be the best version of, of who God is calling us to be in the real world. I don't know about oh, yeah. you, but that was one that just really jumped out at me. This scenario uh, with the homeless parent trying to take care of their child is actually something that comes up a lot. Mm. You know, uh, mm. where I'm at, you know, I, I have a number sure. of uh, people who are homeless, who are trying to keep their kids or who are losing their kids because they can't, they don't have a job, they don't have a home. I mean, this is, um, this is a reality that people are dealing with. And one of the things that the, this movie does do, in one way or another, that might be a bit of a disservice, is it makes that whole kind of struggle uh, into something romantic. Mm. You know, there's a romanticism about this in the movie, when the truth is, it's, it's usually kind of ugly. I hear what you're saying, but I, I do think that the movie brought about some of that ugliness. I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. There's definitely romanticism, but I do think the movie communicated some ugliness. Uh. Oh, yeah. No, I think that's true. Um, I think my point is, is just that um, this is not like a, a once-in-a-while type of Sure, deal. sure, sure. Um, that it, 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 does, it does bring, for me at least, uh, you know, from my perspective, this is these stories are, I'm coming into contact with these oh, yeah. stories fairly often. Yeah. And um, it's usually very absent to all the kind of, uh, the, the beautiful, poetic, emotional movement of the film. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. I hear you, yeah. And uh, this movie, just, it makes me very, very aware of that, that this is, this is the real struggle for many. Mm. Um, and it's very often, uh, and you're right that the movie does draw this out to a degree, but it's very often a, a very messy struggle. And so, as you said earlier, we are called to enter into this messiness. And as we leave this evening, Father Mike, I don't know if you have any closing thoughts, but for me, I will say that that is uh, my closing thought, my closing impression, that for everything that we have talked about, we, we do have to step into the messiness of uh, the homeless. And mindful that we do it with the same resolve that Christopher Gardner uh, lived his life with. And that's another take-home point for me. Yeah, you know, the movie The movie ends with um, uh, Will Smith walking down the street, and he kind of pauses as a, as a very wealthy uh, businessman walks down the road, and that's the real guy, the real Christopher Yes, Gardner, you know? yes, yeah, that, that, but, that was very poetic. Again, it, it touches powerfully on this connection that we have this deep desire to make between the the drama, the story, and what's real and what's possible. Amen. Well, as always, Father Mike, thanks for the gift of your time. Can you close us, uh, wrap us up with a word of prayer? 
absolutely. Uh, Lord God, you are close to the poor and those who cry out to you. Uh, we ask you to be near us in all the ways in which uh, we ourselves are poor and give us a heart uh, to draw near to those uh, who are most in need. And we ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening to Seeds of Truth, heard every evening, Monday through Friday at 5.30 here on KKXX. If you'd like to hear this program or find out how you can help support Seeds of Truth, the website is joeholcraft.org.